Well, hey everyone, this is Cameron here with another episode of the Door of Hope Leadership Podcast that uh, exists to get helpful conversations, at least we hope they're helpful, in the hands of our leaders and, and anybody else who finds them interesting and hopefully helpful. Um, I am here with a very special guest, Chelsea Furumasu. Hello. <laughs> hey, Chelsea. Thanks for joining me. Yeah. Um, Chelsea is the, well, you tell us, we, we now no longer work at the same church, which mm-hmm. is sad. We are part of the same family of churches, but uh, I'm at Door of Hope Northeast and you are at Door of Hope Southeast. What do you, what would you say you do there? So many things, but <laughs> they all have to do with uh, hospitality and I think welcoming people in, uh, gathering people together to welcome and connect to the rest of the community uh, and yeah, just kind of set up a, just a space and a culture where we serve one another. And I think as vague as, as that is, it's pretty much what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just say this will probably embarrass her even to, to, to speak this way, but I remember we... The, the subject for today is confession. And I remember uh, back before we planted the Northeast Church having a conversation about this on staff. And I just remember Chelsea having such insightful things to say, wise things to say. And that was not rare. Chelsea is an incredibly wise, insightful person who you spend 10 minutes with her and you know that she, she lives her life very close to Jesus. Um, so it's actually a really big honor to have her here and to get to learn with her. So once again, thank you, Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. And it is an honor to be here and to do this podcast because I listen in all the time and I love it. And, you know, I'm, I'm just excited to do it with you too. Cause, um, I love, I was even digging back into our Google documents and seeing just the things that you, uh, put out to the staff, um, on a regular basis, the things even before I was there, you know, just resources and books and all that jazz. And so it's just an honor to be here. (laughs) That's sweet. Well, we should jump in. Uh, As I mentioned, the subject today is confessing sin, which is, I don't know, it's not something I feel like uh, comes up a ton uh, in my own ministry, uh, in my experience of church over my life. But I just want to start with, uh, with, with reading a, a, a scripture passage that we're going to come back to. But I feel like it kind of sets the stage for us. And this is, this is David writing in Psalm 32, verses 1 through 5. David says this, he says, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Selah. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Selah. Um... So that's obviously a, a psalm where David is, is speaking about confession and, and the, the power that that moment of confession with the Lord uh, had in his life and how it 
uh, allowed him to experience sort of the, the, the grace and the forgiveness of God in a really dramatic way. Um, but I feel like for us, uh, confession is kind of misunderstood or maybe not thought about. It's either not thought about or often when it is thought about, mm-hmm. it's thought about weirdly. Yeah, or, or just <laughs> dreaded in general. Or dreaded. Um, and I think it's important to note, like in the scriptures, it, it speaks of confession in two primary ways. One is, is just confessing faith in God. It's confessing, declaring your belief in God or truths about him. Um, and then secondarily, there's the confession of sin. It's, it's stating honestly the reality that you've sinned against God and neighbor, um, both to God or to neighbor. In the Old Testament, confession is often tied to the sacrificial system. Um, and uh, Douglas Moo, in this really good good article, he, he notes that it, it serves as a link between awareness that a sin's been committed and the offering of an atoning sacrifice for that sin. Um, but with obviously, Jesus has changed the equation. I, I think most Christians see that. Um, the sacrificial system of the Old Testament is no longer in play. Jesus is the, the true and better sacrifice, and he's the true and better high priest and all of those things. So we don't, we don't go to the temple, and we don't confess as part of our, our sacrifice there. Um, similarly, uh, we, we don't have the Roman Catholic view where we believe that there's like the sacrament of penance um, that's, that's uh, requiring us to confess our sins to like a vocational priest to be fully absolved by God. Um, so if it's neither of those things, what is confession? What is confession for us as, as Christians? So maybe, maybe to start, it would be worth asking the question, like why, why is confession maybe not thought about or, or maybe why is it neglected for people of, of kind of our, uh, theological tradition? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you know, what I remember learning growing up is that confession is something that Catholic folks practice. It wasn't a part of our tradition, but it was included in, you know, uh, talks about just around sin. But this idea of confessing to one another, there wasn't a set sort of system for it. So people Mm -hmm. were kind of at a loss for how to do or practice it at all. And then I think too, especially in, in our day and age, um, there's this feeling that, you know, when you do confess, there's this immediate backlash. You know, if I am vulnerable and admit uh, my shortcomings, you know, there's this idea that will be met with, um, uh, you know, cancel culture, just yeah, so to speak. Or just, just rejection. You know, rejection, yeah. Immediately, it's like, well, you are wrong and therefore you are evil. Um, and therefore you're gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's this terrifying way that you, you know, that we see online for mostly, but it's starting to, um, move into more physical spaces, you know? Um, and even in our reaction to friendships that get difficult, you know, it's ghosting. It's so much easier <laughs> to ghost someone than to, you know, address conflict um, it's a lot easier to just kind of cut them out because, you know, the, the idea of we are community and we, 
continually press in is, is no longer the norm. Mm-hmm. If it ever was, because I mean, I didn't live in a time where <laughs> it was like that was the culture, you know. Um, it's it's pretty pretty isolated, pretty individualistic. Yeah. So. Oh, that's really well said. Well, okay. So we haven't really gotten into yet. Like, what 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 would we put forward as our positive vision of confession? Um, I mean, a. a a quick scan, even even for the word confess in the New Testament, you'll find some really key key scriptures that that make it very clear it's important. Like um, the Book of Acts tells us, like when when the crowd heard the gospel on the day of Pentecost, they were moved to their core. They asked what to do, uh, and Peter said to them, "Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and and that repentance for the forgiveness." repentance and then baptism for the forgiveness of sins recognizes this like acknowledgement of your own sin. Mm-hmm. You, you're, I, I believe implied in this is confession and then turning from it mm-hmm. and to Jesus for, for that forgiveness. Um, so that's part of like acknowledging sin as part of anyone's kind of initial act of coming to see Jesus for who he is mm-hmm. and, and placing your, your, your faith in him. Um, but it, it's also, we're, we're told elsewhere in the scriptures, something that's meant to be an ongoing habit uh, for every believer. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into that uh, here in just a second. But let's, let's, let's talk this first. Um, there are a couple, a couple of uh, places we can confess or, or people that we can confess to. Mm-hmm. We can confess to one another. Scripture holds that out as important, confessing our sins to our brothers and sisters in Christ, confessing our sins to those we've sinned against as part of the kind of restorative process. Uh, but first, let's talk about what's even more fundamental than that, which is confessing to God directly. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you why don't you tee this tee this conversation up for us? Yeah, so you know, Psalm 32 definitely gives us a beautiful illustration of confessing to God. Um, you know, and this is our, our sort of first and foremost act anyway, you know, as believers, the reason we confess any uh, at all is because we recognize our sin. We recognize, um, our need for a savior, and then we return, repent, uh, to God. And, and so it's all kind of the same, but it's first and foremost at the center is God, who he is and Christ and what he did on the cross. So when we look at, um, confessing to God, you know, I love the Psalm, uh, Psalm 32 and, and, uh, how beautifully it lays out all the emotions, you know, David talks about the heartbreak and the discouragement, um, of, of sin and how that, you know, causes him to waste away, to groan, to dry up. Um, you know, the imagery that he uses is, is so recognizable. You know, I think, uh, the verse four, when it says day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. I like, I, I totally recognize that, um, that feeling and especially around sin and unconfessed, just conflict with God. Um, but as we read through the Psalm, I think what you end up seeing, if you look at it, you know, with that view is the celebratoriness of, 
of how good it is to confess. You know, it's not meant to be a discouragement. It's meant to bring a lightening of the load, so to speak. Um, And confession really, as the more I studied this and looked into confession and forgiveness, um, that experience of confession is really an, an avenue, a vehicle, so to speak, to to understand forgiveness. So, you know, when we look at the New Testament, um, John writes in in First John one through one verse eight through nine says, "If we confess, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." Um, and you know, I was looking at, uh, especially this, this part in the later verse, um, verse nine, it says we, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. And even if you go back to Psalm 32, um, just looking at the imagery, you know, it talks about his hand is heavy upon me. And then later on it talks about, um, God's loving eye. Uh, I will counsel you with a loving eye in verse eight. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, what you see, I was reading in this dictionary of biblical imagery, and these these representations, these physical representations, are a reminder of God's presence and His faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And then, even surrounding that, when we enter into forgiveness, I think this imagery really points to the fact that God is is ready to meet us with with forgiveness. You know, like all throughout these moments of confession and repentance, you know, it's, it's this idea and this visual of God hears our confession. He hears our heart and he's just, he's decisive and lavish with mercy. You know, there's always this moment of I'm, I am going to go above and beyond, um, and so far above what you can even imagine to meet you with forgiveness and to meet you essentially with life and and love and grace, that it's just going to blow your mind. Um, and even when you look at Psalm uh, 32, verse seven, it says, uh, "You'll surround me with songs of deliverance." And I, you know, it's just this further celebration of the fact that the Lord is so ready to meet us with forgiveness and and grace. Um, that you know he's surrounding you with songs of deliverance he's surrounding you with this reminder that when you confess you are ushered into life um so then when we look at matthew 6 you know jesus's prayer um the lord's prayer he gives us an example of the fact that we as disciples that we as um christians you know, we not only repent and confess individually, but we repent and confess as communities um, uh, because of what Jesus has done on the cross. You know, every believer knows that they are forgiven, but ongoing confession to God brings the believer to relational experience of God's forgiving love. And I, I would say even that brings us um, relational experiences with forgiving love you know, with our communities. Yeah. And in that way, like con- sometimes we can think of confession as like really disconnected from the gospel, but understood this way, confession is such a powerful reminder of the gospel when you know that when you bring your sin to the Lord, um, especially in community, I, th- I like that you brought that up. Like mm-hmm. 
the Lord's Prayer is given in plural. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, first person plural. It's we. Um, give us our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Um, but when you take your sins to the Lord individual or communally, um, you're just met with his grace. And it, you're met with with uh, with his love. And you get to tangibly like experience it in that moment. You're not met with... A, a stiff arm or a you're not pushed away but you're actually just embraced like like the prodigal son with his father yeah such a powerful example of this as well yeah um so yeah i, I don't it, it's kind of sick and twisted that confession has become for many of us like a fearful thing mm. whenever it's meant to be something that fundamentally just reminds us of like the unending love and mercy that god has for us yeah. that's a, that's a really like sick manipulation that Satan's been able to pull off yeah. to make it a scary thing yeah. rather than a, a joyful thing. Yeah. And I just thinking about this was struck with the realization that in my own past, even confessing to God seemed discouraging. Um, and it just felt like, why is that? You know, why is even confessing to the Lord who we know should be safe, um, such a daunting thing? Or even, even just a discouraging thing when you do confess. Mm-hmm. I do wonder if part of the discouragement in confessing to God is, the, is rooted in a lack of immediate change in mm. our own behavior. Do you think that that's... I feel... I, I think that that's been a part of my like, discouragement. Like fear that you're just stuck in this and mm-hmm. you're going to do it again. Is mm-hmm. that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, like nothing's changed or I haven't had a mountaintop experience. So therefore what I've come to God with, in some ways it's like, I, God, you know, I, I don't want to keep on coming to you with the same problem, the same issue, the same sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm discouraged by it. So you must be also disappointed in me. I see. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that could be. I definitely feel like that's a lie that I've, I've told myself. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's just another opportunity in a moment of clarity like this to say, even in those moments, the Lord still just has love and grace for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it's always true that if, if so that, that reveals a concern, like a, a really healthy concern to like not keep falling into the same things. Mm. But one of the great sort of, lies that we believe is that like if I just hide it I'm less likely to do it again (laughs) but that it's always the case that sin thrives in secret yeah and if we actually do want something different next time Mm -hmm. that part of the answer is confessing it is being open about is being real about it yeah bringing it into the light yeah with God and with brothers and sisters and too it's like if I hide it it's only affecting me and my relationship with God which in my experience is not true, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm just thinking about an an experience with, with my sister and just a totally unrelated, uh, something that I had been struggling with in my relationship with the Lord and just with, you know, mental health in general, it, although it didn't relate to her, it manifested and, affected her in a huge way as you know just because we're all struggling so when one person's struggling 
you know, and you don't know why it, it definitely ends up changing the relationship and we live together too. So it's, you know, we're super close in close proximity. We talk all the time. We're best friends. We're family. And so it, the lie that I was telling myself, like my inability or lack of desire to change this thing that I'm struggling with or make movements to change or allow God to, you know, do his thing within my life. It ended up like creating a lot of conflict within our relationship. Mm, yeah. That's really typical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, yeah. how, that's how it works. <laughs> it totally is. Yeah. But we, we can, for some reason, we can see that in our relationship with people more easily than with God. Mm-hmm. But that same dynamic is at play. So in summary, what I've kind of tried to say here is that, you know, we, we understand that Jesus has has died for for our sins once and for all, past, present, future, um, and and they're dealt with. Nonetheless, ongoing confession um, to God br- brings us this. What you you mentioned this already, the relational experience of God's forgiving love, like for these individual actions, um, and that's not meant to make us complacent. We, we see time and time again, the grace of God is not meant to encourage us to sin more. But actually, it, it's meant to fuel us because we understand how deeply we're loved and, and how much grace we're given. That's actually the best motivation to try to pursue the holiness and the righteousness that he calls us to. And, and it's given as one of the best example, one of the best motivators in Ephesians 4 of why we should forgive other people, <laughs> be gracious people ourselves. Yeah. Um, so, so there you go. That's not, of course, not everything that could be said about confessing to God, but, but there's, there's a start. Um, now let's talk about the importance of confessing to, to other people. Um, so it's, yeah, confession isn't meant to be exclusively between us and God. There's always been something incredibly powerful um, about an individual confessing sin to another person. And that's why I would never discount the Catholic practice um, wholesale. Like it's really beautiful that people, that, that the Catholic tradition has this long history of, of people understanding the importance of verbalizing their sin to another person. That's, that is important. Um, so when, when a person and you know, in the old Testament, there'd be priests in the new Testament, New, under the new covenant, it's just fellow believers. When they hear your sin and then declare back to you the truth of God's forgiveness, that is powerful. And if you've never had that happen, I commend it to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's, it, we're commanded to do this, but also relationally and spiritually, it is a significant thing to bring your sin to someone and for them to meet you with the gospel and tell you, like, because of Christ, that is covered. God loves you despite this. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he is for you in this. Um, it's freeing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's what's behind what, what James wrote um, in, in James chapter 5. He says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. I think... Think that's connected to this idea mm. um confession seems embarrassing but that's why it's necessary like 
it drives, again, the gospel into our hearts where, to the point where we can actually experience it. Mm. You know, this totally reminded me, the example that I spoke about earlier with my sister, and honestly, so many of the times that I've confessed to other people, um, either the hurt I've, I've done uh, towards them or the, the things that I'm struggling with, that, that part that it says, uh, that you may be healed, mm. man, I, especially that moment when I confessed just what I was struggling, like laid all my cards out on the table. Um, cause it was this moment where we were having a conflict and she was just expressing so much hurt. And I didn't know I was being confronted with the hurt that I've done to her, Um, and I just had this moment of clarity in deciding, you know, I'm going to be really honest and vulnerable with you because I'm going to trust that you're not going to scratch at me back, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was this moment where when I laid out everything on the table, what I was struggling with, how I was doing and what, what were the things behind why I hurt her, not excusing it, but what were the things behind it? It gave both of us so much freedom because it gave her an opportunity, especially when we look at like the lies that we tell ourselves, my unconfessed sin and the things that I was struggling with, um, the lies that I was believing about myself were also feeding into the lies that she believed about herself. And so in that moment, we were both able to recognize these are lies and, and this is what was happening. And it gave us both so much freedom because it no longer, you know, was I'm, there's something wrong with me. It was, oh, I recognize that I'm human. I'm sinful Mm. and I need the Lord's transformation in my life. And and it was just this really beautiful, freeing moment um, that gave us both so much healing and actually gave her an opportunity to just start off in, in, in a new direction in health. Because wow. at that point, I was kind of like feeding into this moment where her um, her mental health was really severely being affected with a lot of different things going on. But um yeah, it was it was honestly the most healing thing I've ever experienced. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, shout out to Beth because I asked her if I could share things before. <laughs> okay. I, I was yeah. going to do that off uh, off mic later. Yeah. Like, Are you sure Beth's going to yeah. be okay with this? No. And we're, I mean, we talk about this all the time. Like this, this idea that people should really be talking about what is going on in their relationship and really be vulnerable and open, you know, that's the way to truly maintain, um, good communication with one another, you know? And and we talk all the time about like, we should just be honest because it's the same thing. If, if I hide away the conflict that has been, um, impactful in my life and I hide away the fact that I'm also a sinner, then that's the same thing as hiding away like the sin in general, even if it's been looked at and redeemed and healed, if I don't bring that out into the light for other people, then, you know, other people can't know that, oh, like I experienced the same thing. Yeah. I've done the same thing and also have and receive healing. Like that's both of us have just 
time and again, as we go further into um, doing this work with each other, we're like, this needs to just be aired, mm. <laughs> like appropriately, but but aired. Yeah, man, that is so good. And that, that made me think of another point, which is some of you might be listening and you might be going, yeah, like, well, that sounds cute or that sounds nice. <laughs> but I tried to confess to someone one time and it was not met with a gospel <laughs> mm-hmm. attitude at all. Like it was used against me. I was, it became leverage for something else. They, they dropped me in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just want to acknowledge that does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that happens to you enough times, I mean, even, <laughs> even in your body, you're going to be like, you're going to be tensed up and you're, it's unlikely that you're going to want to keep going into the, those moments and, to, and getting hurt again that way. Mm-hmm. So, um, first of all, if that's happened to you, I would just say, I'm sorry. Like that doesn't, that does not reflect the heart of God or his heart uh, for his, for how his people ought to relate to one another. Um, but all that said, um, I would just commend to you listening and I commend it to myself again, because I'm, I'm not in a a super regular habit of doing this. So everything I say here, I say to myself, Mm -hmm. um, but, but, but we all should, in light of all this, um, we should try to find trusted people that we can boldly, humbly, truthfully confess our sins to. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and trusted is an important word there um, because not everyone is, is like, quite understands how to, how to hear this and do this well. Um, but, but hopefully you can find someone who, who, who can do it well. And then, and then appropriate people, I think is another key word to uh, appropriate. And that, of course, there, are, there are some kinds of, uh, of sins that are not ideal to be shared in some mm-hmm. contexts. And so you could think of, um, some sins would just be better, shared in the context of a closer relationship some might be better shared in a in a same-sex relationship mm-hmm. like so, someone if you're a guy share with a guy and, and vice versa um or, and there are probably other examples of where it's appropriate and where it isn't yeah. but that's another thing to think through mm-hmm. and then also um this is kind of hey i did this thing i need to confess it to someone also remember that when you sin sin against someone in particular, mm. um, we're we're really called to go and confess to those people as part of that kind of forgiveness seeking process. Yeah. So sometimes we can kind of uh, short circuit that by mm. saying, "Well, I confessed it to someone else, or I confessed it to God." But we want to be people who, when we know we've wronged someone, we go and we desire to make it right mm. because. Uh, hopefully in the gospel we don't we don't have any pride to to try to cover or to try to salvage yeah we have nothing to hide um we can be honest about where we've screwed up and and those those people may or may not receive receive that but but it's our duty i think to go and and to make that confession and in a, in a genuine effort to to restore yeah. what we've what we've harmed yeah and i think that the truth of you know, God, God's forgiveness is also really vital just as it's like the truth, you know, of who you are in God. Um, cause back to like the idea, like when you confess to someone, they meet you with hostility. Um, 
or just like a, a, you know, a cancel, so to speak. Um, I think that, you know, how vital it's been in my past where I, if those moments in that, in that, you know, conflict continues, like having those trusted people in my life have been able to say, and to, to point me to the truth and to point me to like, these are the things that God calls you to, but this is also the truth about you and who you are in God. You know, like I, uh, you know, first John, like you're still a sinner. You're, you're in sin. You know, this is, this is the reality that we live in. However, God cleanses you and has washed you clean. Um, Jesus's blood has covered that, you know, all so many things, uh, so much language around, um, that forgiveness in scripture, you know, Micah seven talks about washing and cleanse, you know, Psalm 32 is, is, you know, it's covered. Um, uh, and then, or actually Micah was like cast into the depths. Like your, your just sin is just cast into the depths mm. of the sea. And like Isaiah, it's like swept away, you know, wow. 42. There's so many things where he just time and again says like, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm removing this it's from gone. you. It's gone. Um, and that's true, but it's like, yeah, I think that that's where truth and trust, especially trusting the Lord, um, to, to continue to define your identity when you go into moments of, of confessing sin, um, and, you know, perhaps continuing conflict with an individual, you know, like that's so important because I easily, you could easily say like, man, this person, um, I'm not forgiven by them. And, and, and like that can be crushing for sure. Um, and you know, like I, I know that feeling, but, um, to be able to continue to say, I'll like, this is how the Lord defines me. And I can take this, this part and move towards his truth and then surround me, surround myself with people who also help me know that truth, but also call me to better. Like that's gonna, that's, I feel like that's a, that's a, winning winning combination right there <laughs> i'd say so I, I can confidently say that sounds like a winning combination that's awesome yeah well okay so we've talked about first confessing to god now we've talked about the importance of confessing to uh, another believer um or person you've sinned against uh thirdly we want to talk about receiving the confession of someone else so um, again, the, the New Testament declares every single believer, if you're in Christ, if you've trusted him, you've been indwelt with his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. And that, uh, like 1 Peter 2.9 calls the entire church a royal priesthood. So as people indwelt with the Spirit who are part of a royal priesthood, um, any Christian is, is capable of, of receiving the confessions of their brothers and sisters in Christ. And, um, if if you've never had someone confess to you, like this is a moment where, uh, you have the opportunity or I have the opportunity. Anyone has the opportunity to represent the things we've been talking about, the love, mercy, and grace that Jesus, the true high priest has poured out on our friends by speaking it back to them. Mm -hmm. So we, we get this moment where. Uh, we get to be on the opposite side of what we said earlier. We're hearing someone probably who's torn up about something, 
who's feeling insecure about it, who, who maybe because of how their shortcomings have been dealt with in the past are a little bit fearful, mm-hmm. you know, like they're, they're maybe wounded and trepidatious about sharing this with you, but they've, t- they've mustered up the courage, they've shared it. And we have a moment to mourn that sin with them, of course, but then to get that privilege and joy of saying, hey, mm-hmm. God has completely, absolutely, unequivocally, unequivocally forgiven you through Jesus. All the things that Chelsea just said, they've swept it away. They've t- he's taken it down into the depths. He's removed it as far as east is from west, Psalm 103. That's what's happened to this sin through Jesus. And, and you just, it's a, it's a gospel moment. It's mm-hmm. a moment of, of declaring the truth of what, um, what has happened to their sin by virtue of their relationship to Christ. That is a special moment to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe, maybe the call right now uh, is, if you're a believer, is to, to prepare your own heart like for, for entering those moments that you can catch someone the way God catches us. Mm. And and to to be his mouthpiece in that moment. Mm, yeah. Um, so I, I hope I hope that uh, I hope that you're you're thinking about this. I hope you will think about this, and I hope you'll 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 look for opportunities to be that gospel voice in someone else's moment of sort of pained confession. Mm-hmm. And a, a two, just a reminder that none of this is intuitive right off the bat, you know, like, like you said, it takes, um, a a healing experience with confession to redeem the hurt that has happened before in past seasons of, in past moments when you've confessed and, and, and been hurt. Um, and also it's just a muscle, you know, like it's a, it's a, the more you do it that I've found just speaking from again, personal experience, the more you do it, the more you learn about it, um, just this act of confessing, receiving confession, um, the more you see how beautiful it is, the more you see uh, the nuances of, of how to meet people with grace. And, and two, like, you know, it just, it really does strengthen um, the knowledge that, that you are forgiven by God, that you do receive grace, and that continuing to press in continuing to create this type of a of a lifestyle with your community is so important and so vital and really does reflect the kingdom um when you do it so that's also a big thing and then too like prayer yeah prayer over you know like i i was just struck by that um to you know, meet pe- meet people not only with um, the grace when they confess to you, but then to then to remind yourself like, oh yeah, God is in this moment too, and we can actually talk to Him mm-hmm. and intercede for each other in this moment um, with prayer. Like, how beautiful is that? Yeah. Um, something I want to practice more for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, we are about out of time. We should probably wrap it up. I I wanted to end with with this quote from uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book Life Together, which has a really beautiful um, chapter on on confession mm-hmm. and communion that I I would definitely suggest to you. But uh, I'll just read this here. Bonhoeffer says, "The more isolated a person is, 
the more destructive will be the power of sin over him. And the more deeply he becomes involved in it, the more disastrous is his isolation. Sin wants to remain unknown. It shuns the light. In confession, the light of the gospel breaks into the darkness and seclusion of the heart. The sin must be brought into the light. The unexpressed must be openly spoken and acknowledged. All that is secret and hidden is made manifest. It's a hard struggle until the sin is openly admitted, but God breaks gates of brass and bars of iron. I feel like he just captures that that feeling uh, mm-hmm. so well and, and the power of it so well. And uh, if, if you're listening to this and, and there's sin in your life that's been hidden for a long time um, and you, you felt like this is too shameful, this is too dirty, this is too gross, this is too dark, this is too ugly to confess to anyone and you're a follower of Christ, I would just suggest that it's not. Mm. <laughs> that Jesus already loves you perfectly despite that and with that. Um, and that in confession, he will meet you with love and mercy and grace. And he wants to meet you there, um, with those things. And, uh, I would say first confess to him, whatever's been weighing you down, whatever's been burdening you, confess it to him. Second, I would say, find one of those trusted, appropriate people, um, and confess it to them. Mm. And, and allow them to, to, to come into that struggle with you and to, to carry that load with you. And to be a mouthpiece, once again, of, of that love and grace. It's powerful to have someone tell you what, what God thinks of you in that moment, which is that he loves you and that he forgives you. Um, so, yeah, if, if, you've, if you've been putting this off, if this isn't part of your life, if there are things that you've maybe made a little packed in the secret place of your heart, like, I will never tell this to anyone. Mm-mm. Don't do it. Mm-mm. Tell someone. Mm-hmm. Tell God and tell a brother or a sister. Because it's in that confession that you will experience freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you felt unfree for some time, it, it may be for this reason. Um, Satan would love nothing more than for you to have to shoulder all this alone and in isolation, mm-hmm. whispering that this is too heavy for anyone else to carry. But Christ already carried it. And you've got people that love you that want to carry it with you too. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, my, uh, that's my plea. What do you think, Chelsea? Yeah. Just a, just a yes, just a big 100 yes to, for me. Awesome. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Um, God is good. Jesus is gracious. And uh, may we be the kind of communities that, uh, that believe that and can approach him and one another in a way that communicates we actually believe that. <laughs> Let's practice being Christians. <laughs> I think that sounds like a good idea. Awesome. Well, thank you, Chelsea, for, for being a part of this. We really appreciate it. Yeah, loved it. This is fun. Awesome. And thanks for listening, and uh, we will do it again sometime. Take care. Want to tell you Tell you I love you